to come and to share with you this morning of something of the ministry and, and the work of global interaction in Malawi. Our family's been working in Malawi for about five years and uh, we've returned to Australia and, and as was mentioned earlier in the service, um, in a little uh, under two weeks we'll be returning to Malawi for our second term of service to be working among the Yao people. And I think it's helpful that each one of us has an opportunity to visit Malawi and you've just spent six minutes uh, in Malawi seeing some of the issues, some of the people and some of the challenges that we are confronted with as we seek to go about life, as we seek to go about ministry. And I think that's helpful to be mindful of other people. And I think it's very helpful, particularly when we come to the scriptures, to the word of God, and I'd like to do that now. I'd like to bring before us a very familiar passage. And having just recently come out of Easter, what better passage to consider than the words of the risen Christ? And they're found in in Matthew, the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 28, uh, verses 16 to 20. And I'll, I'll read that to you now. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. A very familiar passage. And as we come to that passage today and as we think of the challenges before us, particularly as a family and maybe for you as a church, the challenges that confront us in Malawi. And I think about this text and I think about the issues, I think about the people in whom we live and work among in Malawi and I I can't help but come to the conclusion, is this mission impossible? to make disciples of a Muslim tribe, two million people who are fully devoted followers of Islam, and we're there to speak about Jesus, to speak about the risen Christ, and that they might have an opportunity to respond to that message. And although we appear on a six-minute DVD, we are very ordinary people. We come from fairly ordinary families. Our life and work experience is pretty ordinary. And as far as our journey of faith is concerned, we wouldn't describe ourselves as people of extraordinary faith. We haven't moved too many mountains. In all honesty, we are more like you than we are different. We struggle to be the people that God has called us to be. We struggle with sin in our life. We're not immune from suffering and of hardship. We are more like you than we are different. And when we look at the challenges before us in Malawi, where there's a tribe of about one and a half million people living in Malawi, the Yao people in Malawi, and for a hundred years they have been fully devoted followers of Islam. And they're incredibly poor, and we've seen some of those images this morning. There is much malnutrition, and HIV AIDS is just destroying a large sector of the community. I'd never met someone with AIDS in Australia. I don't go any more than a few steps in Mangochi, the town where I live, where I don't meet people who are HIV AIDS positive. A third of the population in our district has got AIDS. This is the context. This is the ministry in which God has called us to. It's a very challenging place. 
And as I think of the Yao people and I think of the needs in Malawi and I think of this passage and the challenges that that presents to me as a, as, as a follower of Jesus. So I think of their physical needs and I think of their spiritual needs to hear about Jesus. But yet I, I can't help but think and say to myself time and time again, is this mission impossible? To speak about Jesus and to see a very needy people in this world, a people who earn less than 15 cents a day. To have a better deal in life, to have a better life, and to come to know the living God. Is this mission impossible? You see, as I come to the text, as we reflect on these passages, on these words of Jesus, it would be true to say that going isn't easy. You see, we haven't found it very easy as a family to go and to live in Malawi. But how are the Yao people ever going to hear the message of Jesus unless people go? They don't have dial-up. They don't have broadband internet. They're never going to be able to do a Google search on Jesus. The only way that they are going to hear about Jesus is if people go to them and tell them about Jesus. That's the only way it's going to happen. And for us as a family, as we think of our family, the work there, and as we return in under two weeks, going involves leaving behind just about everything We have to leave behind our families, our friends, our support network, our church, our own culture and any aspirations that we might have in this world of a home in suburbia. In some sense, we've got to leave it all behind in order to go and to tell the Yao people about Jesus. You see, when you look at it in those terms, going is extremely costly, emotionally, physically, socially and even spiritually. Going simply impacts every area of your life. And as we come to this passage, as we understand this passage, we know that the primary emphasis of the text is on make disciples, but but that doesn't negate sort of the emphasis of go. When Jesus said go and make, surely the emphasis is on making disciples, but how can we make unless we go? They sort of belong together. Go and make disciples of all peoples. One of the first things that we were confronted with when we came to Malawi was that we couldn't even speak to people. We couldn't even tell them about Jesus because we didn't know their language. So I got a language helper, someone who could speak some English a little bit, and he helped me to to learn to speak Yao. And I used to go to his house, a small mud brick house with a grass thatched roof, and we'd sit there in the darkness because he has no electricity, and we would go through all the drills, all the nouns and the verbs that I'd learnt. And I'd only been there two years, and it felt like within 20 seconds... I'd exhausted all the nouns and all the verbs that I knew in that language. I could talk about pots, I could talk about plates, I could talk about blankets, but I couldn't talk to him about Jesus because I just didn't have those words. These people don't even have a dictionary in their language. And I thought, well, this is fantastic. I can talk about all the household items. I'll start talking to his wife. So I used the same nouns and the same verbs to talk to her to practice my language acquisition. And I thought this was wonderful. I'd been sent by Australian Baptist churches and I'm talking about plates and I'm talking about cups and how many spoons and how many buckets and and then I said, well, I'll I'll bring in a new noun that I have and I started talking to her about the grass mats, these mats that people sleep on and they're very important And and I asked the wife and I said, you know, how many mats do you have and do you want more of them and where do you get them and how often do you need them and things like this and I thought, this is wonderful. But it was at that moment that this incredible cloud of silence, it filled the room And I knew that I'd said something wrong because there was silence and the husband began to laugh and the wife simply got up and she ran outside of the house. 
And it was at that point that my language helper said to me, you haven't been speaking to my wife about her grass mats, you've been speaking to her about her menstrual cycles. <laughs> the two words only have a slight difference in prefix and I was talking about a subject that was totally different. You see, when we talk about and when Jesus says go and make disciples of all peoples, one of the greatest challenges we have is to speak the language, to speak the words that are familiar or that people will understand. It's very hard to speak to people from different places because we need their language. We need to do that. And I think as we think of this context here, this community here of Wodonga and surrounding district, how on earth are people in this community going to hear the message of Jesus, of God's grace and forgiveness, unless someone can communicate that message to them in a way in which they can understand? So when we're reaching out to seniors... We need to use language and words which are familiar to them and that they can understand. When we reach out to youth and, or we work out, reach out to business people, we reach out to agricultural people, we need to use the language that they are familiar with. Not that we change the message, that we give the best possible chance for the message to have a hearing, that those who we speak to will understand the words that we are using. That's the challenge of going and making disciples of all peoples. And it begins here in this local community. You see, making disciples isn't easy. I don't know about you, but we've found the work of sharing the message of Jesus, helping people grow in their faith, and it's really hard to speak about Jesus. It's really hard to help people grow up in their faith and understanding of the living God. You see, faith development takes time. I only have to look at my own life to see that there are times in my life as a person who is following Jesus where I wonder, am I actually growing? Am I actually moving forward in my relationship with Jesus? Sort of like, you know, two steps forward, one step back. And you wonder, how am I going in following Jesus? Well, one of the guys I, I met quite early in Malawi, his name was Yusuf. Uh, Yusuf is a Muslim. He's married. He has a son by the name of Ishmael. And Yusuf was helping me build our house. And Yusuf was about 18 years of age, and, and Yusuf would often come to me incredibly concerned. He said to me, what's going to happen to me when I'm going to die? You see, I'm 18. I'm midlife. People only live to their 34 to 36 years of age. So Yusuf was beginning to ask the questions, what happens when I step from this world into eternity? Because it's approaching me very fast. And he was very worried about dying. And I said, well, Yusuf, why don't you go home? You talk to your wife, you talk to your relatives, you talk to your chief. Maybe I could come, if you invite me, I could come to your family. I could come to your village and I could help you. I could help you to understand what God's plan is and God's purposes for your life. So Yusuf, he went and he asked his family and the chief whether I could come. They said, come. So I went there for a year and a half, every week, helping Yusuf move towards Jesus. He'd never heard the message of Jesus in his own language. And because I had enough language, I could speak to him about Jesus. Shortly before we, about a week before returning to Australia, Yusuf came to my house. And I thought, this is wonderful. I'm going to have a great story to tell people about Yusuf, how he came to know and trust in Jesus. And Yusuf came to my door and he said, I've made a decision. I've decided to do something. I said, this is great. Tell me what it is. He said, I've decided to divorce my wife. <laughs> I found a better wife in the next village and I've already said to this wife, I've divorced you three times and, and I'm moving on. 
I just invested a year and a half of my life to helping Yusuf move towards Jesus and what God requires of godly people. And he said, I'm going to divorce my wife. Yusuf is a lot like me. He has such a long way to go in his journey with Jesus. There are areas of his life that need to be transformed and God is in the business of changing people's lives. God hasn't given up on Yusuf and nor should I. You see, when we're discipling, when we're helping people grow in their faith, it takes commitment. It takes time. You've got to journey with people through the highs and through the lows because God is wanting to take them on a journey. He's wanting to form Christ in us, in each one of us. You see, when we think about mission, when we think about disciple-making, it takes on a whole new perspective when we understand that mission is all about Jesus and his purposes for the world. You see, Jesus is with us, and that's what the passage says. When Jesus said to his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations, of all peoples, then that section in, in verse 20, it finishes with a promise, where he promises his disciples and his promise to us today is surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The risen Christ is with those who follow Jesus and is with us to the end of time as we know it. Now that's encouraging because as I think about life and ministry, when we think about going and making disciples, it's hard work, but, but it's about Jesus. It's about his promise to be with his disciples, to be with us. It's not about us, it's about Jesus. So when we think of mission and disciple making, it's very much about the fact that who Jesus is and what God has done by raising him from the dead. It's all about Jesus. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's about Jesus and his purposes for the world. You see, it's not just a human activity. It's not about the latest seminar. It's not about the latest book or the latest conference. It's all about Jesus and his promise to be with his disciples to the very end of the age. So it's Jesus' presence with us that enables us to go and to make disciples here in Wodonga and the Aubrey district, the surrounding district. It's because Jesus is with us as a family that it enables us to go to a place like Malawi and to make disciples there. I was speaking on one occasion to a group of people in a village about the life of Joseph in the Bible. They'd never heard the story of Joseph in their own language. And I was speaking to them and it was very exciting and, and people had never heard that actually bad things can happen to someone who fears God. You see, they believe if you fear God, if you honour God, that life is going to go well for you. And if there's suffering or there's hardship in your life, it's because of sin. But yet when we look at the life of Joseph in the Bible, we see that he's a man, that, a young man that feared God, that he loved God. And look at his life. Look at the suffering and hardship that Joseph experienced. And the people were very excited. And the teaching session came to a close. And it was at that point that a Muslim leader stood up who was listening to me teach from the word of God. And he said in Arabic, and I couldn't understand that, but when he was speaking in Yao, I could understand what he was saying. And this is what the Muslim cleric said to the people on that day. We need to listen to what these foreigners are saying because God has sent them to us. They are like angels. These are the words of a Muslim cleric as I'm teaching people about the life of Joseph. They said we are like angels because God has sent us to tell them. 
Now, they've used terms that I'd probably not use of myself. But it's a reminder. It's a reminder of verse 20 from this text. But Jesus promised, surely I am with you always to the end of the age. So as we think about mission, as we think about disciple-making in this context, we need to be faithful to the word of God, to the scriptures. We need to be faithful to God and the relationship in which he has called us into. And with that privilege of being forgiven, of having grace poured out upon our life with the free gift of eternal life, comes the responsibility to go and make disciples of all peoples. You see, you can't have all the blessing without the responsibility. It's one package that belongs together. But we go and we have his presence with us as we go. We're speaking about Jesus all over the place. And there was a particular religious meeting called in our town because foreigners, people like us, were telling people about Jesus. So all the religious leaders, they assembled all people from every village to come and to do a special meeting. And it was at this meeting that, that the religious leaders said that there's a problem in our community. Foreigners are here speaking about Jesus in our language. We need to do something about it. We need to stop these people because they are destroying our religion. So what they said they would do at that meeting is that they would pay people five US dollars for every missionary that they killed, every missionary that they bewitched, or were successful in driving out of the Mangochi district, they would pay them five US dollars. We found out about this meeting and we went to the police. We said there's a meeting and people are being paid five dollars to kill missionaries. So we had to have police with rifles patrolling our house for a number of nights because people wanted to take us out for five dollars because we were speaking about Jesus. When we come to this passage, the words of the risen Christ, go and make disciples, Jesus never says that everyone's going to respond positively to the message, that everyone's going to accept the message as we speak, as we live the life but everyone's going to welcome us. Jesus never promises a trouble-free existence. Mission has always been fought with risk and with danger, and nothing has really changed in that regard. Mission is always dangerous. Think of how God has sent the prophets throughout the ages. Did everyone ex receive the prophets warmly? Think of the incarnation. Think of Jesus stepping into humanity. Did everyone accept Jesus and welcome him? Mission, disciple-making, is always dangerous. But Jesus promises, I am with you always, to the very end of the age. You know, when we went to Malawi in January 2000, our, our flight was delayed because of the millennium bug. Do you remember that? So long ago, but here we were waiting to get on the plane and they said, no, you can't fly. The planes are going to fall out of the sky. And I said, we just want to get to Malawi. It's taken me 10 years to prepare myself. I just want to go. I'm not concerned about the millennium bug. But they said, no, well, we're not sending the plane. So I had to wait for the millennium bug to pass. And then we went to Malawi. And the moment we stepped off the plane, we had all these challenges. And we were speaking the word of God in just a very few places. But now as we, we come into 2006, we are now speaking the word of God in over 50 villages on a weekly basis, telling people and helping people move towards Jesus. 50 villages. And we've seen 25 people come to know and follow Jesus. A tribe 
of two million people, 25 at this point, following Jesus. Isn't that exciting? Mission impossible? Maybe. But the promise is, go and make disciples, and surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. I want you to think about that. I want you to journey. I want you to process that. That's why Jesus gave us this passage, the Great Commission. And I like what Rick Warren says when he says this is not the great suggestion. It's the Great Commission. It's not an option for those who follow Jesus. And he wants each one of us in some capacity to be a part of God, what God is doing in the world, but beginning here in Wodonga and extending out into places like Malawi. So think about this passage, which is very familiar to us. It's unmistakably clear that we must engage in mission. We must make disciples of all peoples. It's simply not an option in the Christian life. And making disciples of peoples is a God-sized task. It's very difficult to engage. It's very difficult to speak about Jesus and help people grow in their faith. It appears to be mission impossible. Can you imagine the task of, of seeing every person in this community become a fully devoted follower of Jesus? Does that sound challenging to you? Well, that's the commission, to make disciples of every people, of every nation. And Jesus is with us. So it's not mission impossible. It really is possible because Jesus is not in a tomb in Jerusalem. He's alive and he's empowering and he's with us today as we go about life and ministry. I want to encourage you today. But there's nothing more exciting in life than to be a part of what God is doing in the world, beginning here in Wodonga, extending out to this state, to this nation, to this world. And what could be more exciting than seeing people come to know and trust Jesus? You see, we get to live in, maybe in this culture in, in Australia, maybe you could live for 100 years, fantastic. But think about eternity. But these years that God has given, given us and will give us to live here in this world, in this place, then why not use those years to make an eternal investment in the lives of other people? Some people don't get to live to 80. Some people die at 36 and they do so never hearing the message of Jesus. Why not make an investment in seeing God's word being made available to every people and that the message could be presented in a way in which they can understand. So please, think about such things. Pray for us as a family. We need your prayers. Pray for the Yao people. It's a spiritual work. It's very difficult to speak about Jesus in a Muslim context. There are projects in which you can be involved in to help the Yao, to give them a better life. There are projects which you can take on individually or corporately as a church. People are welcome to contribute to our support financially. The only reason we can go to a place like Malawi is because people from Baptist churches respond generously and enable us to go. Not everyone can go. But those who God has called to stay, they can support those who God calls to go. We can all be a part of what God is doing in the world, both globally and locally here in Wodonga. There are other ways you can encourage us and if you want to talk to me about that, I'll be happy to do that after the service. So let's just pray as we, we think about what God has been saying and how God is leading us at this point in time. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your words. 
We thank you that you're not in a tomb, that you're alive, that you are risen, that you have sent your Holy Spirit to empower, to, to be with us, those who trust in you, who are following you today. Help us to know you more. Help us to know the sense of purpose in which you have placed us here in this community for. How can we impact this community? How can we seek to be your people who communicate your message in this context? Help us to do that. Give us the courage. Give us the strength. Give us the resources that we need to be effective in this community. But help us also to be mindful of those who don't have an opportunity to go to church because they've never heard about Jesus. Help us to be mindful of them and to do what we can to help those also to be incorporated into your family. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.